and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. Hey guys, and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 27. Today is an episode that I actually was approached about doing by my friend Sal. Sal has been my friend since like 2008. We actually met at a high school benefit show and he has been one of my music people for the longest time. He actually got me interested in the band that we're going to be talking about today, which we're going to be talking all about brand new and the allegations against Jesse Lacey and everything that's happened since then. So... Sal is really important to this episode. He immediately messaged me about it on Twitter and said, were you interested in talking about this? And I said, absolutely. Do you want to come on? Because he's been a brand new fan since like the very start. Like I remember, I didn't know shit about brand new. I didn't care about brand new. Sorry, guys. I know I live on Long Island and I know I'm supposed to care about brand new, but I just literally didn't. So when Daisy came out, I remember we went to our friend Dina's house and at like midnight, for whatever reason, we all like got really quiet and we played uh daisy from like beginning to end and i remember everybody was just like in awe of it and i couldn't understand why because i didn't care and everyone was like this is so heavy this is that this is this and i was like okay i don't know anything about this but i like vices i think it's really heavy and it's really cool but everybody had so many opinions about it and at the time i felt like uncultured swine because everybody had all these cool things to say about this band and i had nothing so that's why Sal is here. That's why Sal matters in this conversation because he has a lot of feelings about it. You know, I see a lot of people on Twitter saying that um, since Jesse Lacey is apparently um, a sex offender, that Brandy was trash, Jesse Lacey is trash, and that you guys should forget all about the good times that you had with Brand New over the last decade because that's how long they've been a band. They've almost been a band for 10 years. So he's going to talk to you guys all about how he feels and how, you know, if it's okay for you to feel lost and confused in this situation. So I'm going to stop talking about him and I'm just going to let him do his thing. So (laughs) here he is. (laughs) I gotta have to just go back here because I think brand new has been a while around longer than 10. (laughs) So we're just going to pull up this handy thing called Google here. I think they've been a band since 2003. 2000. Oh, 2000. So we're in uh, 2017 now. Uh, oh, so I was really close. But yeah, I remember that Daisy listening party. Um, you know, obviously with that record and then Devil and God too, which is uh, probably one of the most, it was one of the most important records of my life, you know, growing up uh, on Long Island, you know, and uh it's just been a really interesting past couple of weeks sort of like coming to terms um you know with the the allegations and the the statements that jesse lacy put out there and sort of feeling like uh you don't really know where 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 to go um because obviously you want to support victims but when it's so close to something that was such an important part of like your um, young adulthood or your adolescence, um, how do you sort of like deal with it then? Is it completely like, should I never listen to brand new ever again sort of thing? And, you know, I, 
I was sort of like messaging you about it, like as I was actually reading Jesse Lacey's statement for the first time. And I feel like I was just so heated and it just like popped in my head. And I was like, are you going to talk about this at all? Because and then you're like, yeah, we totally should. So here we are now (laughs) talking Um, about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously been um, like a lot of articles going out right now. Um, and I think, you know, there's not, it's obviously not very coincidental, so to speak, that like, uh, these sexual allegations of Jesse Lacey inappropriately behaving in front of a, a minor or several rather, and, um, sort of like using his power of being in a influential band, uh, to sort of like you know, manipulate, uh, these girls. Um, but obviously like if you listen, you know, a lot of these articles are bringing up like songs from early brand new, um, uh, that sort of like subject uh, females and paint them in like a, a, a negative light or like not treating them like actual people. Um, so obviously when you're sort of have like that lyrical content at play, um, it's not really that surprising, honestly, that uh, he's uh, guilty of, of what he did. Um, I just think it's like really interesting. I think this whole thing has been sort of like a reckoning that's been coming uh, for this like this whole scene, actually, of this early. Well, it's crazy to me because it didn't brand new start because it was Jesse Lacey's uh, side project to trash his ex-girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's some kind of narrative like that. <laughs> that's um, what I. That's what I've heard. I mean, he started out what is like uh, the basis of taking back Sun- and taking back Sunday for, uh, for however long, and then brand new after that. Um, I think I wanted to also like caveat, obviously, like me talking, coming on and talking about like being a brand new fan and how that's supposed to mean. I'm not I like trying to take away from like uh, the fact that this is a really terrible thing that has happened and like we're always going to support the victims and they always come first and their stories and narratives are very important in this. Um, I'm just trying to like I, I want to take all that in obviously and have that be the most important thing but this is sort of I wanted to maybe just talk about like being a fan of a band and having the music be so important to you, like what my experience in these past couple of weeks has been. Well, I was trying to explain to my dad, like it, and I, I think I explained it to you as well. I explained it to a lot of people, you know, if somebody that you've known for however long, like let's say 20 years, like say it's like your best friend and all of a sudden they die the next day, are you going to just get over it? You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of similar. I, I'm not really comparing sexual assault to death, Uh, I know that sounds like a really weird um, correlation, but it's the same thing. You know, you're not going to just kill someone off that you've spent two decades of your life with just because of something like this. You just have to process it. You know, it's not that you're going to listen to them the same way, but maybe you're going to listen to them less until you finally, you know, break that cycle. Um, So Jesse Lacey's statement uh, even though it's total and complete bullshit, is super long. And I was going to originally read it on here, but I think it's just important to pick out the parts that were absolute bullshit. I'm going to link to it in the show notes so you guys can read it for yourselves. I know a lot of people that are listening to this right now have probably already heard it. 
or read it, I should say. So I just want to pick out a couple of quotes that he wrote because this was ridiculous. This is where he lost me. Uh, there's in the second paragraph, I believe it is. He says, early on in my life, I developed a dependent and addictive relationship with sex. I was scared of it, ashamed and unwilling to uh, or unable to admit it. And so it grew into a consistent and terrible problem. Years ago, after admitting my habits and cheating on my then soon to be wife, I began to approach my problem in a serious way. I entered professional treatment, both in my group therapy and individual counseling, and revealed the realities of what a terrible place I had gotten to in my life and what a terrible impact my actions had on people. So that was that one paragraph that basically saying, you know, I have a sex addiction. That's why I did this. I cheated on my wife. Feel bad for me. And then he said, lust, sex, love, and arousal were coping tools for me, and I returned to them repeatedly. I detached my own feelings and emotions from most of my sexual interactions. I hid or lied about my behavior to escape uh, reproach. I was a habitual cheater. I have been unfaithful in many, if not most, of my relationships, including, including the relationship with my wife. So again, reiterating the fact that nobody asked, but he wanted to tell us that he has cheated on his wife habitually. So I thought that was grand. And then lastly, in the last paragraph, he says, I'm working to shed all my narcissism and my self-obsession and to be better, even though the entire statement is about him being narcissistic and being obsessed with himself and even throwing in that he cheated on his wife. I have also revealed the truth of my behaviors to myself and to others. Well, that's good. I do not have words to express the patience and help my wife has offered me. I love my family with an intensity and realness that I have never felt before. And as a husband and a father, I have been granted the opportunity to wake up each day with the intent to serve my family and the people around me and to feel for the first time that I have purpose. The fact remains that none of us get to put a wall between who we are and who we were. I need to earn forgiveness. Uh, concepts like repentance, compassion and love are made real through actions and it's through my actions that I need to prove change I hope I can show humility and that the pain I have caused people can heal I am not above reapproach and no one should be Jesse Lacey a lot to unpack here <laughs> I mean so the big thing obviously is he's not acknowledging or having really directly made admission to um you know what he did and who he did it to um it just it seems like um sort of a statement that doesn't really give the the victims like the the sort of uh apology or validation that they deserve you know um it is extremely narcissistic (laughs) and very long as we just found out. It makes no um, sense. I only, yeah, I haven't read it since like I, I initially wrote it that one night, but I don't know. Um, obviously, it was a part of their career very early on when he was a much younger person. And I think that he's sort of, um, in so many words, like explaining that, that like, oh, well, when the band first started out and stuff, I was kind of, you know, like a jerk and a creep. Um, but you know, I've changed now. I've gone through therapy and counseling and, you know, it's like, it's who I was, you know, sort of thing. Because again, there was Jesse Lacey, like Deja Intendu era or your favorite weapon era, who is like, you know, this, um, you know, uh, fresh out of high school, like in this crazy band and talking about like his whiny breakups and stuff like that. And, you know, they've sort of like grown in a lot of ways that a lot of bands in that scene haven't and uh, they changed up their subject matter and like you see like in their later material that it's more of like Jesse Lacey 
the father, you know, the grown man. But through that transitional period, obviously this stuff has never been addressed. And like all these old skeletons in the closet have now came up and he uh, needs to definitely reap what he's sown, so to speak. And he, he isn't above reproach. He didn't um, say anything. The, the biggest thing to me is that it was more than one person. It was the the it was 50... like two or three yeah no i think that there was upwards to like 10 oh really I no joke three that came forward well there was um the one girl that everybody keeps talking about that i guess was the one that started it all she was 15 and yeah. she sent our you know how it started too right it was fallout boys guitar tech posted um a facebook status apparently after having a fallout with brand new because he did a tour with brand new and he oh. said does anyone want to come forward with jesse lacy Oh, shit. About Jesse Lacey, rather. And that's when that girl commented. And then another victim came forward and sort of validated it, being like, yeah, I went through the same exact sort of situation with him. Oh, wow. Um, but apparently it was a guitar tech for Fall Out Boy, from, who worked with Fall Out Boy. And it was weird because, like, through the midst of, like, the whole chaos of the next couple of days, I was sort of, like, going crazy and digging through, like, the comment sections of all these threads of people. And there was someone talking about how, like, it was a stage thing, like con true conspiracy theory that like they were trying to <laughs> take away from the fact that apparently uh, Patrick Stump, a fallout boy, ha is a creepo as well. Um, or that this guy just had some bad blood, which uh, is obviously utter nonsense. Like it doesn't matter. Like it's a good thing that these things are coming to light. Absolutely. But I think conclusively the statement is is pretty inconclusive <laughs> inconclusive and just it's not great and it's just bad it's just yeah. bad well i wanted i also wanted to bring up that same night like maybe like an hour after um kevin divine who has been with brand new forever like they tour all the time they're uh kevin divine's from long island too right yeah he um is brooklyn based now though yeah it was but um, they're they're part of the whole big thing together. Uh, Kevin and Brand New have done so many things together. They have so many splits together. They have... He was playing with them on the tour. Yeah, so they're obviously interconnected. So Kevin Devine actually made a statement, which made no fucking sense. And I'm gonna I, his statement's a lot shorter, so I'm gonna read his whole statement. He said, I want to address the allegations against Jesse. I believe that it is critically important to really listen and to hear people who speak out against abuse of power and sexual misconduct. I fully support that decision in this situation, which I'm sure was incredibly difficult. And I hope she is supported in the next part of her journey and towards healing. I guess he's talking about the 15-year-old that everybody was referring to. I had not heard the story prior to being made public yesterday. I'm heartbroken for her and for every person who absorbs and subsequently has to figure out how to live with this type of trauma, which is what we're talking about today. We all need to do a lot better, myself very much included. I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who has been sober for nine and a half years. My life experience has indicated to me that rehabilitation through accountability, through owning and learning from the worst things about yourself and through acceptance and facing the consequences of your actions is a real impossible ideal i hope that my friend continues to do what he needs to do to get better to get and be better i completely understand it is not incumbent upon anyone else to see situations like this through that lens and i mean to inflict no harm in presenting my experience i'm not sure what happens next what i am i'll when i am i'll say more thank you now my thing about kevin divine is a he did nothing wrong b he made a statement about himself 
which is what Jesse Lacey did. And three, he just like poured salt in the wound. Like, I love you, Kevin Devine. I really do. I love and support your music. But A, I don't really care that you're a recovering alcoholic in this situation. I really don't. This is about victims and you're basically making it about how you, you're you sober for nine and a half years. Like, congratulations. That's really incredible. But not not today. This is, sort of like, this is not about you. Yeah, it sort of reiterated what Lacey said in his original statement. Right. Sort of like alleviating blame through um, like addiction being a disease. Right. Um, so that's not what the deal is here, honestly. <laughs> and the two, um, the two victims' names were Nicole Elizabeth Gary mm-hmm. and um, Emily Driscoll were the first two who came forward on that Facebook post. But yeah, it, it sort of seems like completely... Um, it's like passing the blame. Well... Irrelevant blame. <laughs> irrelevant blame. I, I just think maybe like the timing was sort of um, weird and it didn't necessarily condone a statement from him. And what people were originally commenting on that sort of being like, dude, you should just pull out of the tours. Like, say you support those victims and like let that be it. And eventually he did that, but... I, I guess maybe it was sort of like a hasty decision where he felt compelled to sort of say something. And um, sometimes it's not necessarily um, appropriate to do that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like in that situation, like if your friend is accused of sexual assault and everybody knows that you guys are friends, you kind of feel compelled to like make a, um, a statement about your character. And I said that in Kevin Devine's post, I said, you know, I understand Kevin Devine um, defending his character and basically saying, listen, just because I'm friends with him doesn't mean that I condone what he did. You know, that's what he was trying to say, but basically saying, hey, I had an alcohol addiction too. Like, I understand addiction. Like, it's not cool, but hey, we've all been there, man. Like, it kind of just wasn't the appropriate words. Like, I totally stand by him making a statement basically saying, whoa, just because he's accused of these things doesn't mean that I support it, condone it, or that I am also you know subject to any of these claims but like the words that he used i'm like what the fuck cis white man like what are you doing today (laughs) like take a nap (laughs) i mean it's sort of it sort of came in like he was running to the rescue of his friend basically um a lot i think is gonna be like how uh how is it possible to um protect jesse lacy's legacy at this point right and the fact is like there's a whole underhanded dark side to jesse lacy's legacy as there is with like a lot of um bands from that era is like they sort of established this culture where it's acceptable to write songs about that and sort of like um allow the the art to imitate life in a really creepy bizarre way like terrible um uh inappropriate unexcusable way i should say rather it's it's about time that these things are sort of happening i feel like this whole thing is sort of like a closing of a chapter that needed to to sort of happen well yeah i totally agree i mean brand new also canceled like that whole tour and everything and now it's just in the midst of all these um hollywood uh, men being finally put yeah exactly like all of these things like the trump administration has really brought out the worst in everybody um or maybe the best in our generation at least i think that um everybody in our generation has been really forward and really great about speaking up about things that are are bad and wrong and shouldn't be excusable so i think with the harvey weinstein allegations and all of these other um people in hollywood finally getting 
thrown into the fire and then all these banned people finally being a part of it it just sucks because it's like hollywood is doesn't it, it's not something that we at least my friends pay as much attention to as we pay attention to music like it's a lot closer to home exactly that's basically that's basically what i'm saying is that you know i care obviously about any victim in any situation you know all of those allegations with harvey weinstein are absolutely disgusting and i support all those victims a thousand percent but um none of it hit close to home the way that the brand new thing did even though i'm not a big fan of brand new like we live on long island we're on long island right now and you know the band is from long island and it's just it it sucks because this is our scene like we yeah. we grew up we grew up with that we grew up like in the light of having uh brand new and uh taking back sunday sort of blow up and put our um like musical geographic area on the map you know and they they obviously took it from like uh, much older bands like um, that came earlier, like uh, Silent Majority or Ladderman, for example, um, who were sort of, you know, on a subject matter that was a lot more like towards what the original sort of emo message was, you <laughs> know, like this post Fogazi DC scene of like, um, at least being like pro-feminist and um, encouraging and then somehow uh, at some <laughs> terrible point it completely turned over and like that's like where we were like young and like teenagers and sort of consuming it was at that time where it was like popular like mall like hot topic like mtv trl <laughs> like vans warp tour type music and that was extremely looking back like so misogynistic and bad um <laughs> just it was all honestly <laughs> disgusting and terrible and like i feel like the good bands have made it out of that and for a while we thought that was brand new because obviously just talking to the fact that like jesse lacy definitely um grew up as a songwriter and matured and like didn't like get caught up in sort of like not knowing how the band should progress but eventually you know um he wasn't ultimately a part of the bands that weren't um able to be spared from sort of just like the overall overall terribleness of that entire scene um it sucks <laughs> and it, you know like it but it's just like crazy how impressionable it was like even like i when i was in a band and i was recording music i had terrible lines too that were like really not good towards women because like i had a line in the song where it's like i'm better off without you and you're better off dead and like i can't believe i even would think to say something like that it but like you're 16 year old years old and like these are the bands that you have to look up to and it's not an excuse definitely but when you're in, at that impressionable age, like, that's just, like, my literal first take of, like, how these bands are really influential to, like, especially, like, younger people. We weren't paying attention back then. Like, think about it. Like, how many how many bands did you listen to when you were, like, a teenager or, like, even 16? And I think, I think when we met, you were 16 or maybe, yeah. uh, maybe around that age. And, like, I remember, like, I, I used to listen to Fall Out Boy and, like, all of these other bands and just, like the things that they would say just like went over my head like mm -hmm. i 
I grew up not knowing that that stuff was misogynistic and that stuff was wrong and all of that until I got older. Like I just, I said on Twitter a couple of days ago, I re-listened to Under My Skin by Avril Lavigne and Don't Tell Me is like the most feminist song that you can imagine. She's basically saying that consent is the only way. She's not going to do what this guy wants her to do. It's basically about saying no, like this whole thing and went over my 13 year old head and it just like it sucks so bad that I'm 24 years old now and I'm only starting to understand that this is bad, yeah. you know, and it just speaks volumes to the younger generation, like, you know, uh, Broken Side and like all of those MySpace bands that we used to listen to, it, like a mirror when they were talking, when they had that shirt with the Columbine shooting and everything, yeah. like all of this stuff is inappropriate yeah. and it kind of goes over your head when you're younger, you know, I, an 11 year old's not even going to know what Columbine is at this point. It's, it's really... It sucks to say but i guess it, it for me it like obviously i was aware of that looking back on it and obviously i don't listen to any of the music anymore really but like it, it really took something like the jesse lacy allegations to sort of really wake wake me up and be like this was actually really terrible sort of content to be <laughs> listening to because it, it's just like treating women so objectionable and negatively it just and sucks it's really misogynistic it sucks that we we didn't notice it until we got older you know maybe it's because of the trump administration maybe it's because of all of these allegations in hollywood coming out but it's like i i totally agree like i didn't really think about any of this stuff until like maybe two years ago which sounds absolutely horrendous and i apologize for saying that but you know, until something really hits you close to home, you don't really think about it. You know, it's kind of like how I've been saying that um, our parents' generation is really kind of ignorant. And, you know, I feel bad saying that because I know that I have people in that age group that do listen to this podcast. But it's true, like, unless it's happening to them, they, they really don't look at it. You know, and I'm glad that our generation, you know, even though thankfully it hasn't happened to us and hopefully it will never happen to us, we still see that it's bad and that we shouldn't be supporting this and that we have to do better. And it's just, it, it sucks that it took something like brand new being a part of that shittiness that made us kind of wake up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm not speaking for everyone, but just like my personal take on it is like it made me sort of wake up and like like I was saying before how it's like sort of the end of a chapter really it feels like bringing that whole like echelon of music to a close for for me personally but it sucks because it's like uh one of the things that everybody keeps asking is like where do we do now and it's like what are we doing now yeah, you support the victims and you don't support the the perpetrators and any of their art and everything associated with it honestly that's sort of where I feel like I'm leaning towards um, and I, I don't know, am I going to listen to the devil and God like five years from now and still be like, wow, you know, there's never going to be, uh, an opportunity really for me to escape. I feel like, cause now that I know this, it will always be attached as stigma to, you know, his music. It sucks because like, uh, I, the day after I went to uh, Panera with my boyfriend and there was a girl in a brand new shirt and I, and I asked him, I was like, do you think that's a protest shirt or do you think that she just coincidentally wore it? He's like, who knows, but maybe it's a protest uh, thing. And it's just like, <laughs> it, it sucks because as somebody who's a huge fan of music and Sal is as well, it's just like, what, 
what do you do like he he just said you know he's probably never going to listen to them the same or he's definitely never going to listen to them the same but it's like is he going to listen to them again is he going to in five years pick up the devil and god and be like yeah sewing season's still a good song i mean should i burn all my vinyl like that that i'm still like not sure about that's what that's that's what i'm saying like there's so many people on twitter that are like lost and confused and i i feel really bad even though i'm not emotionally attached to brand new i i understand where you and all the other fans of them are coming from because it's like if that were my favorite band would i just like burn all my records and like call that a day and be like thanks for 10 years there are people you know who unfortunately are sort of like uh in the bubble or just like in complete denial about it and like they're they're coming to defense unfortunately for brand new in yeah. general and like being like cool he's just one member blah 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 and again that sort of bring up the question that i immediately like first started talking about when like we were sort of like breaking the ice there mm-hmm. but that was like how do you separate the artist from the art and bringing up like obviously their earlier records and their songs and what uh, a lot of that material was about which was like obviously treating and portraying girls in that negative light and being misogynistic it's like no you shouldn't separate the artist and the art and there are other people um in the scene who also are retiring songs yeah no you wanted to talk about that a little bit yeah i want to just touch base with that for a quick second um max bemis of say anything you guys probably know where i'm going with this or maybe you don't but uh max bemis wrote a song when he was a, a youngin or younger probably the most popular say anything song the most popular say the anything that, song like, made it to trl and stuff yeah uh max bemis who's talking about um the song from is a real boy while i can get sexual too and it's personally one of my favorite songs which says it was on was a so real boy much. wasn't it oh was a real boy or is a real boy let's see was it on uh, we're such good fans looking at uh, yeah right like we don't know is it, well actually it doesn't say uh either way is a real boy and was a real boy is the same record <laughs> well no it's like uh b-sides right yeah uh it says well i can get sexual too was referred on to say anything's 2006 reissue of is a real boy so it was on was a real boy so for everybody that was wondering 2006 was a real boy uh well i can get sexual too was on so max bemis actually came out the uh, it was a big day for everybody in music to do something i guess on november 10th which is the same day that jesse lacy and kevin devine wrote their statements max bemis had tweeted given all of this i'm going to be re- retiring the song wow i can get sexual too for the foreseeable future it may speak partially to, of my flaws but it's mostly a sarcastic caricature of someone i've never been at all and is no longer appropriate during this crisis that being said i've never and would never cheat on my wife we know max or betray my family and that is also a form of emotional abuse i see pervades by many many people in entertainment as well as their this other obvious creepy shit (laughs) it has been heartbreaking and uh, continues to be jarring as someone who i hope is different it makes me question even the mutual not coerced of age interactions i've had with women during my youth we should all question the dynamics of sexuality and our role in this i was a naive kid when i entered this scene at 19 and found out that a lot of people i knew or looked up to repeatedly cheated on their spouses and girlfriends hooked up with underage girls etc so that's a lot to unpack because max bemis that whole record between wacking get sexual 2 and little girls and like all of those other songs like 
he was one of those people like i loved say anything i still love say anything but say anything was like my one of my favorite bands and like little girls like he's saying i kill little girls and wow i can get sexual too and um alive with the glory of love and just max bemis has always been overtly sexual love was about his grandparents or was it yeah during um the holocaust oh right right i remember but his grandparents but older relatives i think grandparents. yeah probably Um, i just kind of want to go back to kevin devine's statement that was sort of like unnecessary at the time and like how do you feel like Max Bemis's statement sort of contrasts that? And do you think it's all appropriate or inappropriate to like make a statement to like sort of countering? Because obviously he doesn't mention Jesse Lacey, but he's talking about him directly about the the allegations in his statement. I feel like Max Bemis did a really good job because he was acknowledging because no. Again, like Kevin Devine, nobody asked him to make a statement, but he felt like he had to back up his friend. While Max Bemis, he he felt that he did a, a bad thing and he was owning up to it, and he didn't really apologize to it. And my my boyfriend said to me, he's like, you know, sometimes things don't warrant an apology. Like I don't think that Max Bemis should really apologize, which sounds weird, but like he's just he's just maturing, yeah. like. Like how Sal said when he was 16 and he wrote a line in a song that he now feels forever guilty about. Max Bemis wrote, um, at 19, he wrote, wow, I can get sexual too. And at the time, maybe he didn't know anything. Maybe he didn't know any better. And it's like, there there comes a point where it's like, where do you damn someone for their past? And where do you just say, hey, they matured? And I think that Max Bemis definitely grew. I mean, he has a wife and uh, a third child on the way. And I think that... um, He's definitely since being a father and at least a husband, he has grown and he's matured. And I mean, he's almost 40 now. So obviously he's yeah. done a lot of soul searching. Well, yeah, Jesse Lacey too, right? But the fact of the <laughs> matter is like he obviously wanted this to never come to light or maybe he never even like registered it as a as a, a thing that was so terrible. And then obviously it, it did come to light. But I guess Max Bemis is statements weren't asked for either but they are they differ from kevin's because it's obviously he's just talking directly to like the victims he's not blaming anything he's not blaming being a sex addict or anything recognizing that like all these old songs that had like this inappropriate lyrical content should be completely cut out from like the uh repertoire of say anything songs that he performs right like it's time for them to be retired and like not be part of um you know the, the set list the set list yeah. well i like max bemis i like what he said because he didn't blame he didn't blame writing well i can get sexual too on like a sex addiction or a drug addiction because i mean most people probably know it was incredibly public that max bemis had a terrible um drug problem when he was writing that record actually so he could have said, hey, I was really fucked up when I wrote Whack and Get Sexual too. so sorry about it. Like, the way that he wrote those, what is it, four tweets, as opposed to Kevin Devine and Jesse Lacey, like, yeah. Max Max had the tools to blame. He didn't sort of go off on a tangent, yeah. sort of, like, creating excuses for it. Exactly. He said, I'm done with this, that's it. He's like, that was basically, you know, something that I did at 19, you know. It was a really shitty thing for me to do. I'm obviously way past it. You know, I care about my family, and I care about the the things that my, my kids are probably going to grow up listening to. 
And it's just, I, I like what he said a lot better than what Kevin Devine said, even though I love and respect Kevin Devine and he didn't do anything wrong. But it's just like people like Max and even Haley Williams, I mentioned it in um, a couple episodes back that she's no longer saying the word whore in Misery Business when they perform it live. She kind of, you know, puts her finger over her lips and the crowd still sings it. So I think that that is growing and maturing like Haley has apologized for it a million times I even yeah. did a whole episode on this it, like 10 years later people are still giving her shit about it and they're saying that she's a bad feminist and this that and the other thing but it's like that's one of those things that like she was uh 17 I think when she wrote that song so it's like are we really gonna damn somebody that much for that again it's like we were we were young we were growing up in this music scene and a lot of the people that we looked up to were writing songs in the subject matter and that's the media that we consumed honestly and like it is an impressionable age for like you don't know any better and you're sort of like defining yourself so like it it's hard to deviate right from wrong from that point but i mean the important thing with like max and Haley is like they've obviously grown from this and they are uh you know coming to terms with it like in a mature admirable way where like it's not like something from their deep dark past is coming out to haunt them and now they have to sort of like address it head on like they're doing it of their own they're doing it on their own terms they're doing it on their own terms and that's that's good and like these are the people again that are going to like come out and still be relevant and admirable from this specific scene and the specific time in in music and rock music emo music specifically um i was gonna say because a lot of these articles that i'm reading especially um ones from like the long island scene sort of talk about like how all of these bands and stuff were all like uh composed of like all male members mm -hmm. and a lot of them again talking about women in this sort of terrible way like you know glass straw lyrics and uh very much like the brand new early brand new stuff but i wanted to ask you as such a huge fan of Haley, like what is your personal take from growing up in the scene because a lot of them actually i don't think any of them really mentioned Haley williams as like sort of at least one uh female lead person that young girls especially in that scene could look up to it's just really strange like i was telling sal before we started recording this that um and i mentioned it in episode one if you guys ever listened to that episode um that when i was growing up um my first the first show i ever went to was uh bamboozle in 2006 my parents bought me tickets for my birthday because i wanted to see panic at the disco and uh coincidentally uh panic at the disco and fallout boy were playing bamboozle they only got me um tickets for um the panic the fallout boy date but i was still excited nonetheless and around that time uh my favorite band was story of the year and my brother was basically he's six years older than me but he was basically like the person that i wanted to be i don't i don't know why but um everything that he did i wanted to do like he was just really cool and all of his music i i wanted to listen to too he um he liked panic at the disco and story of the year and like all of these aggressive bands three days grace um so that's what i grew up listening to so i didn't even know women could be in a band and then um avril lavigne came out and that was incredible i just did my avril lavigne episode with molly um on episode 26 but avril lavigne was a breakout star like she was just one person she wasn't in a band like yeah she was one of the boys and everything but that was just it she was one of the boys like she For a lot of girls all over the country that was their first sort of ex not yeah their first i'm I'm sort of like not thinking about 
the entire but like our generation but think about our generation she was the one that had that pop pop, the pop punk edge specifically right because we weren't we didn't grow up with the runaways and shirley manson and no doubt no doubt was like big they're they're kind of like like radio famous yeah so like um so Haley was the first and i mentioned it in episode one that Haley was the first woman who looked like a girl who was in a band with a bunch of boys and wasn't ashamed about it and i just thought that was really incredible and it just it kind of like branched off from there like uh first it was Haley, and then it was greta from the hush sound and then it was um now now was around uh the time that i was going to bamboozle and uh tegan and sarah and just all these other bands that i saw around that time that kind of like made me feel included because when i was growing up like i i loved having music in common with people that i was friends with but they were all guys and nobody really cared about girls like nobody cared about girls that fronted bands or nobody really yeah. wanted to focus like on women South dakota which was from like that earlier uh collection of bands um and they were female fronted or had female members um in them but there's also um the keyboardist from Stray Light Run, Michelle Nolan, again, a lot of people mention her too, um, as sort of like one of the only real representations of that on a stage for like young girls in, that, in our scene. I just think that it's incredibly important for us to have good role models, men and women, but I think that our scene especially suffers from such a lack of strong female role models. Like Haley's holding it down by herself. Like this, this poor girl has been like single handedly just like taking (laughs) girls who want to be in a band and just like holding it on her shoulders. I mean, that's not really true now because we have bands like Paris and uh, stuff like that. It's like, it's changed so much, obviously. Like I, I feel like most of the bands I listen to now have, like, female members or female-fronted. So, obviously, like, I feel like this bands now and stuff, it's just, like, completely a whole 180. But I think, again, like, sort of, like, my takeaway has been, like, since these allegations, I never sort of, like, in retrospect came to reckoning with the fact that, like, how misogynistic, like the music I was listening to in my teens was. Um, and it's sort of taken this experience, unfortunately, to really like nail it home because now I feel like I, I, I can't even enjoy or listen to brand new anymore. <laughs> and it, it, it's fine because like we should support victims always, but um, it's kind of like, how does that make me feel about myself? I don't know. I'll, figure that out personally hash that out later on you'll get back to us on that yeah um but yeah i just like i'm sort of i guess relieved that now we can go back and sort of be like oh this was like the garbage music and these are the garbage bands and (laughs) let's let's no longer go to like those emo nights where they play all these songs like oh yeah at clubs and stuff (laughs) and maybe it's a good thing that this is warped tours last year you know like I, th- I, I think it's good that it's Warped Tours last year. Uh, if you guys have been listening to my podcast, you know how I feel about Kevin Lyman. Even though people have tried to come for me about how I feel about Kevin Lyman, but I still stand by the fact that he said that there is no problem with the uh, lack of women or not lack of women at Warped Tour. So I, I did that on episode three. So if you guys want to look at that article that I put up, please do. But yeah, Warped Tour is ending next year, apparently. And I think that it's 
I, I agree. I think it's good because especially it with really the. It feels like the closing of an era. Right. It was, but between like the brand new allegations and all the allegations in Hollywood and Max Bemis retiring one of their most famous songs and even Lana Del Rey, who has said that um, I'll play you guys a clip in a second. But she basically said that she's retiring uh, her song Cola from her set list because of the Harvey Weinstein allegations. Yeah, thank um, you. One thing before I let you go, uh-huh. there's been a lot of conversation this past week about an old song of yours, Cola, mm-hmm. potentially having been about Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Is there any truth to that? Well, when I wrote that song, I, I suppose I had like a Harvey Weinstein, Harry Winston type of character in mind. I envisioned like a benevolent kind of like diamond bestowing upon Starlet's visual. Like a Gatsby. So- something or like a Citizen Kane or mm-hmm. something. I'm not really sh- sure. But I thought it was a funny at the time, and I, I obviously find it really sad now, and I support the women who have come forward, and I think they're really brave for doing that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a song Not I'll be... Not intentional, but I mean, it has truth because that's something that happens. I, I guess so. I mean, it was in the ether, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I don't obviously I don't feel comfortable with it now I thought of that right away so yeah it's going to retire it from the catalog I I think think that yeah yes I would say definitely (laughs) yeah I mean yeah what else can you do right that would be the only right thing to do I (laughs) I feel that it's been a long time coming that this all needs to come to an end. The front porch step stuff that happened is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, complete garbage. In the There's f- just all of those, though. And that's the thing is, like, that's a normal thing that, like, people, it happens. They're, they're allowed to act like that. It's ridiculous. It's basically like, it's a pass. Like, hey, oh, hey, it happens. Like, yeah. it's fine. And that that's something that, I, I mean. His music sucks, so. <laughs> Kevin Lyman actually, like, not defend uh, he didn't defend front porch step he like basically gave a big excuse as to why front porch step was on that tour for like two days or whatever it was but you still let them on so i i don't but that's the thing like we should we should all in unison sort of react to this the same way these people should not be given any more opportunities to tour like people like supporting bands should drop out you know like they shouldn't be purchasing records or merch or anything, right? Like, we need to, in unison, in order to really sort of make a significant change in the culture, is, like, we need to act as, you know, responsible citizens and consumers in a way that, like, holds these people accountable. And, like, you know, like, I... It was kind of hard to admit that I should be taking those necessary steps towards brand new, but, like, you have to think of the larger picture, like... I'm going to like sort of surrender one piece of external like physical thing of like a vinyl CD um, for like actual important social change. Like you have to weigh those things and like obviously one is way more important and that's like yes like let's make huge impacts towards improving and like making holding these people accountable and sort of changing the culture. Yeah, because right now the standard is let's touch women inappropriately. Let's uh, treat them like props. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's just in the Trump administration right now, we as a collective have to do better because our president is not doing much better. 
<laughs> and he's not sorry about it. So I think that our generation needs to get on board and we need to fight back. And by Warp Tour ending for whatever reason, but I think that it's good because it was kind of like perpetuating a cancer in a way. And I know that sounds really shitty because a lot of people had fond memories of Warp Tour. I know that I went one year and it was yeah, great. But it was like my first really concert experience. Actually, my first show ever was Paramore. Oh, really? Paramore and Bay of Side. And the sleeping. That was the first show I ever went to. Was that like 2006? Yeah, it was like Haley was like, she was super, she's only a year older than me. <laughs> but that was that was the first show I ever went to. And then after that, subsequently, I went to all the war tours. But was that a, was that the Crazy Donkey when Paramore played the played the Crazy no, Donkey? It, wasn't. it was at this place called Oasis, which is long closed. Yeah. R.I.P. I miss the Crazy Donkey, man. Yeah, the Crazy Donkey too. Obviously, lots of crazy shows there. <laughs> My Sweet Sixteen included. So, R.I.P. That, that was a good time. I'll never, for, I'll never forget that. That was, that was weird. Uh, but that's how, that's how big music was to me. That My Sweet Sixteen yeah. was basically like a warp tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was, that was a weird time in my life. But I don't regret it. But it's just. Going back to the Warped Tour thing, I think that it's good that it's ending because regardless if you believe it or not, it kind of did, it kind of was a breeding ground after a while for all of these things to happen. Like Marielle Loveland, she mentioned her um, her assault by her now ex-boyfriend and how basically people of Warped Tour reacted to it. And it's just, we might not know about it, but there's been totally a lot of things that have happened that um, probably only existed because of Warped Tour being a thing. So I'm glad it's ending. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not here for the breeding ground of sexual assault. <laughs> the the cool thing is like there's so much good music out there that's really good and doesn't have these lyrical subject matters anymore and it's really exciting. Um so at least we can look in the future and look ahead and support other bands. Well, there's been and a lot of tours and whatever. There's been a lot of people that have been posting um lists of bands that aren't problematic and a lot of people have been upset about it because it's like please right now don't mention bands that are quote-unquote pure in a time where some bands are quote-unquote trash because you know reasons like (laughs) like we're in a complete shock factor now because all these exposures are happening all at once it's like it could be your favorite band next yeah you know and like i feel like in a couple of years like once that sort of subsides and like then we sort of have like an established standard and we're able to like look at it not so much coming out of like a place of making decisions emotionally but with actual factual things um that it will change so it's just terrifying that it's like taken taken this long for everybody to be like oh my god what if it's my favorite band next or like what if it's my favorite person next or what if it's my favorite actor or actress it's like nobody's safe anymore and i think it's kind of a really shitty time it's it's been a shitty time for the victims and that'll always be most important like victims feelings are definitely going to be put above my feelings about oh my god my my favorite band if it's not someone like you knew through the context of like you were a huge fan of whatever they create but like you just knew them as a person who did this terrible thing to someone else who, without consent. And, like, how would you deal with it then? Like, just take it completely out of the equation, but, like, in, like, a reverse sort of, like, way of thinking about it. How would you, like, deal with it? Like, how would you think about that person? 
Well, like I have mentioned in many, many episodes how fame and uh, fame and celebrity is a social construct that we created as a society to kind of pry into other people's lives that we were interested in. And Sal's absolutely right. Like, take out the celebrity factor of Jesse Lacey. And what if he was just a dude that you knew? I mean, we very well could have known him. He lives yeah. he lives right by us. Like, he's basically a town in between us. just be some, another guy who just, like, gave me a hard time in high school. And I'd be like, he's a total jerk. <laughs> right? Like, if we knew him in high school, we probably wouldn't have been friends with him. We probably wouldn't have liked I mean, him. Like, I had circles of people, and I've always had, like, I feel like everyone has, like, a Jesse Lacey story. Of, like, <laughs> you know someone mutually who knew him. Like, I heard of people who, like, hung out, like, with his brother and stuff, and, like, they were talking about, like, him just being like, just a total jerk or, like, really antisocial and aloof. And so, again, it's, like the fact that these have come to light like i i'm not like necessarily surprised by them you know it's a it's a huge bummer um but he wanted yeah. to be wrong and you like you wanted you just wanted him to be, to be a dick too. but you didn't want him to be um a... you wanted to be wrong too because you don't want to have any no one should ever want to no one should ever have to endure what those girls endured it just um and it also bums me out that I saw on Twitter, I shared it with Sal a couple of years ago when I found it. There's been a girl on Twitter. I don't know her name off the top of my head. I'm not even going to give her the... I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to mention her name because it just like absolutely offended me. Um, she It was like 30 tweets, no joke. It was like this huge thread of why the timeline to that 15-year-old doesn't make sense and how that apparently she's making it up and, you know all that other stuff that how victims are always making it up for attention. And it's just like, she's trying to prove that he's innocent. And I was like, he made a statement. He said that he did it. He said he did it to multiple people. So trying to disprove one person. Like you're just in a haze at that point. Yeah. Like climate change deniers, you know? Right. Like flat <laughs> the earth is flat. They're just like going to refute all the facts because it's so much easier and so much comfortable. Just, just rely on what you know and what you think is like, you know your existence it's like hard to be rocked like that really well it's just like trying to disprove one person's story does not make the other ones untrue you know Is like that, so she was actually trying to disprove literally trying to disprove it yeah there's like, like i said if she knew them or something <laughs> right like there were screenshots on screenshots and basically how like the timelines didn't add up and i'm like why are you investing so much energy into somebody trying to prove the innocence of somebody that made a statement saying that what they did is true or yeah. what people are saying like is true about like him. Jesse Lacey came out and said, like, these are completely, like, I don't even know these girls. Like, it's all completely fabricated. He like, literally said I did it. he didn't actually make, his entire statement at the end was actually an omission of guilt, even though it was done, like, really know, poorly, sort of really poor way. Like, let's not, like, take away from that. But it still is an admission of guilt. No matter what, yeah. he still said, I did it. At, at the end of the day, even if you, if you read between the lines, he basically said, I did it. I'm sorry, I'm doing better. He should have done it, like, more obviously, like, and blatantly <laughs> like that. But. Yeah, but more or less in, you know, eight paragraphs, that's what he said. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a fucking bummer because it just perpetuates this whole idea that everybody that comes forward is just doing it for attention. There's probably tons of bands that we don't know that this, and people, fans of those bands, we don't know what's happened because they're too afraid to come forward. I'm sure and that like, it'll come out like exactly but we need to create like a, a safe a safe space where these pe victims can feel like they can come out and sort of like 
seek the help that they need to deal with these things. Well, think about it. Like all those people that said that um, all the allegations against Trump, they're basically saying uh, these these bitches are crazy, essentially. Like Trump has even gone on air on CNN and whatever cable news network he has he's it's basically said i don't know any of these people these people are trying to do this that and yeah, slander me actual, like video like audio of him talking about well yeah having women by the pussy <laughs> so i mean but it's the same thing it basically it, it makes me feel like nobody's ever going to come forward again because our own fucking president is trying to dispel yeah these these allegations against him even though he has gone on air and said grab them by the pussy let them do you they let you do whatever you're you know because you're famous so it's basically like when we have somebody in that much power kind of saying that victims are saying it for attention makes nobody ever want to come out and i think that we need to like sal said create a safe space for victims to know that it's okay to speak out against people like jesse lacy or yeah but it would just um, be like we just want to know who to stay away from Even at this like point. What you said before, we're like, you're kind of like proud of our generation in the light of this administration. Like we are holding these people accountable. And we have we, to. You know, you feel like you are like uh, proud of like what our actions have been despite having like, you know, Trump in office. Well, it's so hard because it's like I live in I we live in a time where it's like you you know at least like five people that have supported donald trump like regardless if they're your family you know family friends or whatever you know at least like a handful of people that voted for trump and it just it's i think it i having somebody close to you that you love unconditionally that supports somebody like that i think it shows so much restraint for us as a generation it just makes us want to do better like i know the people that I know that voted for Trump, I just want to do much better for both of us. Like they're never going to do any better or I hope that they do, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do any better. I want to do that much more to make up for their lack of awareness. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's, it's super tough. Like when, like I said, when you have a president basically saying that sexual assault is cool and you know, victims are crazy and basically perpetuating rape culture, yeah. it's super difficult to want to, speak out as a victim and but i encourage you know if you have a story and you want to tell it you know find a safe place find a safe place to do it and you know just let it go let it out because then you can start to move on yeah exactly maybe you should plug like some uh (laughs) some places that people can speak a really good organization that i actually um have donated to a couple times before is the rain organization it's the national sexual assault hotline the number is 1-800-656-4673 they're available 24 hours every day i'll link to you guys in the show notes their website um they're an excellent organization uh their profits go to raising awareness to sexual assault and helping victims seek you know just a safe space and helping them get on their feet and all of that um good day young Haley williams's hair dye line actually donated to them last thanksgiving um they did this thing where they have i think five colors of hair dye where they did at the time and they um donated a dollar to every every color had a different charity that they donated a dollar to and rain was one of them the trevor project was one of them and i can't remember off the top of my head the other ones but it made me 
it made me want to look into those um, organizations and it helped me find the rain organization. And I'm really glad that they donated to that because it's a really big thing that everybody should know about so they can give to somebody to help them out. Kind of like the logic song about the suicide hotline. I think that in our generation, we, we are doing better and I think that we could always do much more. So that's the RAIN organization. It's www.rainn.org and it's the National Sexual Assault Help, uh, Hotline. So if you know anybody that um, needs a place to talk or if you yourself need a place to talk, definitely give them a call. They're there 24 hours a day. Yeah, and I also wanted to mention like th- three of the articles that really stood out to me that I've been sort of reading um, in the wake of the allegations. And I guess you can sort of put them in the liner notes of the podcast too. For sure. Um, but uh, three really good articles uh, regarding these uh, brand new allegations was Unraveling the Sexism of Emo- Emo's Third Wave by Jen Pelly, and it was a Pitchfork article. Um an article by The Outline called The Specific Betrayal of Brand New by Zoe Camp, and um, an article from Medium.com, How Mid-2000s Emo Groomed Underage Girls and Poisoned Teen Boys by Sophie Benjamin. Um, Those are three really good takes, uh, sort of just how it's like, not just brand new alone, but it's uh, more or less like a a huge problem in just the genre in general. And... um, They've been really sort of three uh, standout articles for me that sort of put everything into perspective when I sort of didn't know um, what the real answer was of how uh, I should receive brand news music from this point moving forward. Well, it's a good thing that science fiction was the last record. Yeah. <laughs> it helps you. It, it honestly does help um, put the band behind you when you know that A, they're done and B, they put out their last record because it kind of like... It's like a funeral at that point, you know? It's crazy, and it's, like, after Devil and God, Brand New, just sonically has been so influential. Um, They've influenced not just bands from Long Island, you know, after that record, but a ton of other bands from, like, all over the country, and probably internationally, too. And they've sort of, like, molded, like, how the sound has moved forward in the genre. And it's going to be really interesting to see, like, how band are they going to, like, change necessarily their influences? Because even when I listen to certain records, I always hear, like, those distinct guitar tones that I kind of credit to that record. And it's, like, crazy to feel, like, the actual implications of, like, because it's been so far um, since, like, the actual, you know, allegate like, the source of the allegations happens. Um so I, I'm sort of interested to see like how like bands who have credited Brand New as huge major influence are going to move forward in their writing process, and is it going to be um, a conscious thing for them moving forward? I hope that people actually do recognize and change change that about their music. Um, hopefully, people do <laughs> do that exact thing where they stop taking influence from bands like Brand New and bands that have had these allegations against them because it really does speak to you as a musician if you can also change the way that you think and write music based on cultural events like you now wouldn't write a song that you wrote when you were 16 because you're now understanding misogyny and sexism and all of that you would never write those lyrics 
you know, in 2017. So I hope that, you know, other musicians take a lot from these allegations, not only from brand new, but from Harvey Weinstein and Trump and all of these other terrible human beings. I hope that the world kind of changes with new information. Like I hope that people understand misogyny and, and sexism more. Yeah. And why, well, actually it's good to educate like brand new is bad. Why is brand new bad? Why is what Jesse Lacey said bad? Why is his statement bullshit? Why is this important? I think it's, I'm glad that we had this conversation because it's, it does help educate people on what they should look for. You know, Max Bemis recognized that in his own lyrics that, wow, I can get sexual twos or kind of fucked up song against yeah. women, you know, and I'm glad that he recognized that on his own. Like, oh, maybe that's not a good thing in 2017 yeah. that I should be singing. And again, we got to hold up the people uh, in this scene who are doing right and uh, right by the victims and right by like the context of what's happening, like in the larger sense. Yeah. And Max is definitely one of those people. And what Haley did is, you know, admirable as well. Exactly. And I just hope that other bands follow suit from like Haley and Max and anybody else that, or Lana Del Rey, anybody that has removed. Did pulling out of the tour. Yeah. Uh, the other brand new support band, Martha, also. Oh, I remember that. that. Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, like I said, I don't have ill feelings towards Kevin Devine. I just think that his statement was inappropriate for the time with yeah. the way he worded it well, again, again i think like to that i think he maybe acted out of emotion and feeling which like what i was saying before how like we're sort of like in the highest of all this being exposed and there are still other victims coming forward and other bands that are probably going to be you know light is going to be shed on them in the coming months or years um but i feel like once we sort of um, uh, unpack everything and like are able to take a breather and we're able to think more logically instead of acting on emotions but a lot of th- those emotional statements are going to happen and it's going to not be appropriate I- I'm glad Kevin Devine did say something though because I- I'm sure a lot of people that were close to brand new were probably like well, what does so and so think you know because they're when you're so invested in a band, you obviously know their friends and everything and you know who they tour with and you know who their label mates are and all of this stuff. You just get invested in that. So you kind of think like, huh, what does Kevin Devine think of that? That's like Jesse Lacey's best friend or so you think, you know, musically because they're always together. So it's, I think that people would have wanted him to make a statement. I think that he kind of beat them to the punch like, ha. I, I know this is wrong and I'm going to speak up about it before you guys can, you know, damn me for it. So I think that he just chose poor words. Yeah. Well, maybe someone in his, like, I'm not too in, like, I listen to Kevin Devine and I think he's awesome, but, you know, I he seems like one of those that has, like, a very cultish fan base. So maybe he does. we're kind of expecting him to say something regarding it. Well, you... I mean, I would expect him to. Like, if I was a huge brand new fan, I would be like, what does his friends think? And I'm kind of glad that Kevin Devine didn't defend him. He's like, listen, you know, he's my friend, but I also don't condone what he did. Yeah. I mean, like, there were certain ways in which he was sort of coming out in defense. Like, again, like... A little bit. The addiction-related stuff, but... He didn't flat out say, though, like... It wasn't all flat out uh, in any way. Well, also, the other thing with that girl that's trying to prove Jesse Lacey's innocence, like, Kevin Devine even missed... If if Kevin Devine felt that his friend needed 
uh, a defense, he would have been like, whoa, I know Jesse. I've known Jesse for, you know, X amount of years and he would never do this. He didn't do this. Like he didn't defend Jesse Lacey in the sense that like these allegations are false. So that further proves that Jesse Lacey did these things. You know, so I think that anybody trying to prove Jesse Lacey's innocence is wasting their time. And I think that you just have to accept that your fave is problematic. And I hate yeah. saying that 2017 term, but it's true. Maybe look within a little bit. Yeah. Look inward and sort of like identify like why you are so like um, hell bent on holding, clinging on to like the fact that like it can't be possible that he did this thing. And that we should completely tarnish his music. I mean, you're you've been a fan for however long, and even you can understand that. Yeah, like, I mean, time they, to make uh, a change. Asia and Tendu, basically, you know, like I. But I, and I've heard about them obviously before that. Like since I was twelve years old, I've heard of Nona Brand New. That's so, what I mean. So it's like <laughs> again, that was again, you know, being someone from long island and someone who made music like they were just part of like the dna literally of everything <laughs> i did true it, it like was part of my upbringing and it's like obviously his subject matter has always been very dark and aggressive so you know what does that say about manus you know again <laughs> like i said before it will be something i have to sort of look inward about exactly <laughs> so, so you taking your you own advice yeah but that's what I mean, like, as Sal is being as big of a brand new fan and living on Long Island as he is, and he's even recognizing that maybe he has to make a change, and he's not even defending Jesse Lacey, and Jesse Lacey was a huge part of his adulthood and growing up, yeah. you know? So I think that, um, I'm not saying that everybody is the same, because obviously people are very different, but why like he said why are you defending somebody is it because you don't want to let go of the last 20 years or is it because you know you really feel passionate that he is innocent like what is it, it i mean it was so integral for me and i'm i'm feeling like obviously the right i know what the right decision is and it's like you know i'm unpacking it in my own time as everyone should take their own time to do it but for sure at the end of the day i know the right decision is like yes i have to put brand new behind me and i have to sort of like distance myself and find other things in music and sort of uh face like this and help support victims and help support a larger social shift and that's like not you know jumping into defense and it's not supporting like the artist and it's you know it's about the opposite of that and holding people accountable things and, take time you know you're not gonna just wake up one day and be like the last 20 years of my life meant nothing yeah. just one record by the way it's not the last 20 years of your life like, <laughs> yes music has a, like a very profound impact on people and it is extremely important like i can say that from a first-hand experience but like there's obviously a lot more things that are extremely important as well mm -hmm. like music is life definitely not saying that it isn't but <laughs> again like if you really have to like measure things up and it came down to it you know it's just like it is a record yeah at the end you know, of the day i mean it like a record. <laughs> it's a great piece of artwork and it was a testament to like the con like to that time and for me it was very helpful um when I was in dark places in my life. But, uh, you know, again, there's like, there is more important things and, you know, making, holding people accountable again and 
getting rid of all the creepos in the world <laughs> hopefully yeah. like let's not do that's one at more, a time that's let's more just... important than my personal satisfaction with uh... we need the mass deletion and we need yeah. it now i i'm glad that you said all that because it's true you know and i'm even self-reflecting even though thankfully none of the bands that i you know care and love about dearly um have been subject to these allegations that brand new has but who knows you know nobody nobody's safe right now especially in this time where everyone's kind of just um you're not necessarily like oh god i hope not yeah because that also is kind of messed up in its own way right it's like again like we were saying before you know like let's create the spaces where people feel comfortable coming forward if they have been through a, a really terrible you know experience with someone that they looked up to and they put all their trust into mm-hmm. which is like for a lot of young people and young girls like that's what these bands mean to them right they mean basically everything i i really want um i hope that if if any band that i love and cherish has done something wrong i i i want to know about it because i i want to I want to stop supporting people that are doing terrible things, you know? So if something that I love and cherish needs to, you know, be put under a microscope, you know, let's, let's do it because that's helping people be held accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody should be safe. Everybody should be looked at very closely because maybe it'll help alleviate the other flip side is that everybody should be safe the fans should be well yeah nobody (laughs) who's a sexual predator should be safe exactly Mm -hmm. that's that's basically what i want i want people i want people that have done wrong to be held accountable and i want them to be looked at and i want them to be scared like if you did something wrong i want you to be afraid right now because somebody's gonna call you out you know all those people and then all we'll have left are like good people making good music right then i'll be fine but until then there's work to be done i guess and like we all need to as listeners and uh, members of this community like you know like being part of like the music scene growing up for me was a place where i fit in when i didn't necessarily fit in other places in high school and like we all need to feel like we can count on each other like it's the same thing of like looking out for people at shows yeah who weren't used to like mosh pits and stuff and like if they get knocked down you're gonna want to come and sort of make sure they're all right or if they fell during when they're crowd surfing it's the same kind of mentality that has always been like present at these shows and sort of like became like the etiquette in which myself like that sort of like was a, a huge part of like how i like like my own upbringing through the scene um but in that same way of just watching out for each other, like continuing with that. Everybody has to be safe. I've, I've done a million episodes. Well, I haven't done a million, but I've done a lot of episodes on safe spaces and how shows should be that one place that, mm-hmm. you know, nothing should hurt you. <laughs> but you shouldn't also be singing along to like these lyrics like that or just be like, yeah, like, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. we haven't talked about it enough, just like, uh, it's, it's just so crazy how rampant it was you know especially like in the mid 2000s and stuff and <laughs> i'm glad people are writing about like more important things and like aren't treating women in such such a way i'm glad we're but doing there's better progress. there's progress i'm glad we're doing better but there's always work to be done is basically the general consensus of this entire episode um that's all i really had to say i mean did you have anything else to say? 
No, I think I think we got through a lot of it. We sort of like really hashed everything out. I'm glad we had. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you came. I'm glad we had this conversation because, like I said, as somebody who didn't grow up with brand new, it was really difficult for me to try and talk about this because I don't have an emotional attachment to them. You know, I could just throw them away. Yeah. You know, I could I could live without them. You know, so it's good that. I'm, I'm really glad that you actually approached me about doing this because it was something that had to be said and I'm glad that we're we're talking about it. Yeah, because it's important to have the dialogue and it's great what you're doing with this podcast. Thank and, you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, again, it's important to have the dialogue. Like, I obviously don't have all the answers and I just sort of wanted to speak and have the context uh, coming from the fact that I am a huge brand new fan and like they're got to be one of my favorite bands of all time. Well, they were. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're using all the past tense. Rest, rest in peace. But, um, yeah. All right. Well, I, I want to thank Sal so much for coming uh, for coming and doing this episode. And anybody that has anything that they ever want to talk about on my podcast, please feel free to message me. Feel free to email me. Um, if there's something that you... Like, if there's a band that you really, really are invested in and they've done wrong or you think that I should talk about definitely also shoot me an email I'm always open to having people on the show especially people that know more about a subject than I do yeah. I don't know everything <laughs> probably left out a bunch of bands too that could have come into this conversation really well so well we'll always have we'll always have um, a place to to talk about it if Sal thinks of anything else he's more than welcome to come back anytime yeah that's basically it I apologize that I haven't been playing two bands per episode like I originally was and said I was going to do. I promise I'll get back to that as soon as possible. It's just the last couple episodes I've been doing are kind of one-off episodes and just really cool um, people have been approaching me about doing episodes on things that we have to talk about. So apologize about that, but I promise that I'll get back to putting on two bands an episode very soon. But the song I have for you guys today is called Never Been Wrong by the band Waxahachie from their 2017 album Out in the Storm, available for purchase on their band camp. The band is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and is actually just Katie Clutch, uh, Crutchfield's solo project that started in 2010. She was in a band called P.S. Elliott and formed Waxahachie after they kind of stopped being active. A cool fact about Waxahachie is actually that in 2015, their uh, third album, Ivy Trip, was actually recorded in a gym on Long Island. The band has a really cool Cedar Kenny uh, vibe that stands out and is super different from the music that P.S. Elliott made. So definitely check that out and check out P.S. Elliott. They were a really cool band. I have both their records. They were an excellent band to see live so definitely give them a listen while you're checking out Waxahachie but before I play them I'm going to remind you guys that you can find me on Twitter on Rebel Hearts Girl, Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast, Instagram is Sam is Socks and email me for ideas of articles or band suggestions or really anything related to the podcast at Rebel Hearts Podcast at gmail.com. I actually have a Black Friday sale going on until Monday the 27th on the shirts that I made and they are actually in my big card cartel shop for $9 currently. It's rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com. So make sure to grab one before the sale is over. I really want you guys to have them and check out the sticker packs that I have and the zine that's available. I have all sorts of stuff on there. So make sure you check everything out and pick something up or share it on Twitter or really try and uh, small business Saturday the hell out of today. Um, That's really 
all I have for you guys. Thank you again to Sal for coming on to shed light on a band that he knew way more about than I did. And make sure you check out the show notes to catch up on whatever projects that he's doing. I know that he's recording something today, so make sure that you check that out. I will see you guys at the front. Here is Waxahachie. Hey! 